Turn it down. I want to hear myself. Ashe family. Welcome back to another episode of My Unapologetic Perspective. This is the podcast where we give our point of view on controversial topics from my experience, black history, and our knowledge as African and Americans. Black history presently lives in us so we can continue to excel into the future. It's one thing to know black history. It's another thing to take advantage of what the people in black history did for you. In the words of Malcolm X, there will come a time where black people will wake up and become intellectually independent enough to think for themselves and we believe we believe that we are in that time period. I am your host, Martre Baker-Stevens, and to the right of me is Shaquan Battle. Yep. And to the right of him is Jerome Battle. What's up? We appreciate all the love and support we've been getting. If this is your first time listening, please go back and listen to older episodes. Um, for the people who are joining us every single time we post, we appreciate you. We love you. Um, we thank you. Um and continue to give out the information. You know, don't be afraid to to comment and talk about your perspective. Don't be don't be afraid to share <coughs> to the public because what we're talking about is is necessary and you have to learn to be unapologetic about what other people think about what you're sharing, right? So, again, I know I say this every week, but you know, another important episode today that we have to um that we're going to dive into again on this podcast we talk about black history on this podcast we give flowers to people that normally are not talked about throughout black history we give information that a lot of people don't know about black history we also talk about racism and controversial topics um but we also bring some real shit to this podcast and today is one of those instant um where we talk about these things we break down things that don't make sense to us or black America because we know it's full of shit. Right. And what we're going to talk about today is just some cases, a couple of cases that don't sit well with us that has uh it's been, you know, decades, you know, of just sitting there without things being done about it. And we have to continue to talk about these things um otherwise they think that we're just going to let it go. Um and for a true fight for justice, we have to continue to talk about it. Two cases that's full of shit. Yeah. Uh, what do y'all want to start? Which one y'all want to start with? It, 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 doesn't, it, don't, it doesn't matter. It don't matter? All but, right. But before you start, let, okay. me, let, me, let me just interject something really quick. So tens of thousands of black females go missing every year. Last year alone, over 100,000 went missing. Mm-hmm. Yet, very few hardly grabbed national headlines, let alone local. Yeah. Right? So we've discussed the Amber Alert on this podcast. Yeah. We've discussed other agencies regarding missing children and their lack of involvement when the child is black and the reasons why, as well as black people in general when they go missing. In 2020, almost 300,000 females went missing in America. 90 plus thousand, almost 34% were people of color. Mm -hmm. Yet women of color only account for approximately 15% of the U.S. population. You want to talk about disproportionate. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than that. <clears throat> and we, we talk on this podcast of why it happens because one, it doesn't get the attention of law enforcement and it doesn't get, it doesn't attract the coverage media wise that when white females go missing. Right. And that's problematic. 
we we can talk all day long about things that happened recently. Remember, was Gabby Petito? Yeah, the, the uh, America investigated. Yeah, better America, than the police that's right. did. Multiple. You had you had police officers in multiple states went to work almost immediately, and you saw coverage on CNN and every channel you turned to mm-hmm. almost around the clock. Yeah, absolutely. If you go back a few years prior. You can remember, remember Lacey and Scott Peterson? Mm-hmm. Remember Drew and Stacy Peterson? Mm-hmm. All over the news. All over the news. But the two cases we're going to talk about today, most of you probably never even heard of. Mm-hmm. Never even heard of. And the thing is, the, the missing persons aspect as well as the deaths are more controversial than any of the, the three that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. But yet you didn't hear about them. Absolutely. Um, let's start with... Let's start with Matrice Richardson. Um, let, let's set the stage and the story that that they tell about Matrice Richardson. So Matrice was age 24. Uh, she worked two jobs as a store clerk and as, as a dancer. Um, she graduated from college after she majored in psychology. Internship for psychology, she did. So we're talking about an educated woman. Let, okay. Let's just throw that out there. An educated woman. Um, well put together in september 17th 2009 gab um i'm sorry matrice goes into uh, a restaurant and she sits down uh at a table of seven people that she don't know she orders food and then when the bill comes out um it's like 85 dollars that she don't have the money to pay for the managers called the police not because she couldn't pay the bill. They called the police because they said she was acting with erratic behavior. Mm-hmm. They felt um, they felt that she shouldn't be able to drive because it was an endangerment to public safety. And they wanted, to, they wanted the police to help her to check on her mental health. Right. So that was the reason that they called the police. They called the police. She gets arrested. They take her phone. Her keys are all locked into it. No, wallet are all locked into her car. They take her to to jail. There, she's held into a holding cell. And then later on, she's released a little after midnight. Um, and then after she's released, um, she starts walking. And around about 6.30, there's a uh, phone call from um, a guy who said there was an African African-American woman in his backyard. This is like in the middle of nowhere. Former news anchor. Yeah, and found her in a in her backyard, and he asked if she was okay. She said, "Yeah, she was just resting." Um, and then they they do a search later on, like a couple days later, they do a search. They doesn't they don't find anything, and then close to a year later, they find uh, Matrice Richardson's body, and and for the search. Uh, they didn't go all the way out. No, and when they when uh, the phone call that came, this is probably about five miles away from the station from where the call, and then the body wasn't found too far away from there. Um, but when Matrice's body was found, uh, she was found naked and mummified. Her skull was found separately from the rest of her 
from her body, her clothes scattered throughout the ravine. The place where they found her at was known to law enforcement as being a pornography production location. Mm -hmm. When they found her body, there was basically graffiti beside the body, like a, a painting that was basically racist and sexist. Mm -hmm. um, and the case was never ruled a homicide. The police determined that foul play um, was not involved. <laughs> Now, to some of you, that may be open and shut, right? She gets released, goes wandering, something happened to her. They they couldn't find the evidence to her. But this case is, is more important, not just about who killed her or what happened to her. It's the response from the police department right. and the things that when we go through the, the things that happened that night, there's just so many gaps, so many things that weren't communicated properly that we have to talk about. Um, and then later on in a civil suit, you know, the family was granted, uh, like $450,000 in 2011. Um, money can't replace Matrice for the ignorant people that's going to say, well, the family settled for, was it $900,000? Yeah, the, Get the, the fuck yeah. out. The mom got 400000 and the, the dad got 400000 Yeah. Y'all, y'all thoughts on, and let's, let's break this down. Let's, uh, she passed the field sobriety test that they gave her at the restaurant. Right, so she's not intoxicated. Her eyes was clear. Her pulse was steady. But they took her in because they said maybe she's an endangerment to the public. She shouldn't drive this way. Right. Um. But if you speed past that and you go to when they release her, they say that the, the, the officer that released her said she seemed fine. She's an adult. Right. But yet, you arrested her because you said she shouldn't drive this way. Which way is that? Right. Because first you say you arrested her because she shouldn't drive this way. Then when you release her, after her mom called down and said, hey, if you're going to release her, I'll come now. If not, I'll wait till in the morning. Right. And they say, hey, just wait until the morning. She's not going nowhere. They offered her, you know, hey, you can sleep in the cell or you can. Who the fuck wants to sleep in the cell right. if you're not arrested? Mm -hmm. Or you can wait in the lobby. Mm -hmm. Or how about this? Why don't we call your mom back and tell her, hey, you can come, come get, get her. Come get her, yeah. But she was, you said she was, wasn't was mentally able to drive, but yet she was mentally able to leave a, a, a jail by herself. Walking, because you impound her car, so she's able to walk, not knowing where she's at, no phone. No money. No money. No, no wallet, no keys. None of that, and you trust after midnight to mm. release somebody to say, find a way. No deputy offered That's her right. a ride, and three years prior to that, hey, it's just what it <laughs> is. It is what it is. Mel Gibson was arrested with a DUI, booked him, gave him a ride to his, to exactly. his vehicle. Exactly. I, I, I applaud you guys for trying to be nice. <laughs> I, 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 I give you guys credit, but let's just call it what it really is, right? She's at a restaurant in Malibu. Mm -hmm. Right. In Malibu. At the time, 2009, Malibu was 92% white. It, here's the thing. It was less than 1% black. Mm -hmm. So regardless of what it was white, it was less than 1% black. Malibu. The restaurant staff that called the cops was not calling, as you said, babe, wasn't calling because she couldn't pay the bill. They were calling because obviously something was wrong. But let's go back just a little bit further. 
She sat down at a table of seven that she didn't know ordered her food now we all been to a restaurant before and we know how long it takes to get food yeah so you're in a restaurant in malibu with seven other people it's going to take a while to get your food right what was the conversation yeah the conversation that we found out was it was pleasant this girl was nice right she had been to that restaurant before but when the bill came the staff recognized something was wrong. Mm -hmm. So they didn't call the cops about the bill. No. They called oh. the cops because of a mental health. Yes. So when the police came, what does the police see? Black girl. Let's just girl. call it what it is. Right. They see a black woman at a restaurant that's predominantly white and she can't pay a bill. Right. Your ass going to jail. Right, because even the little weed that she had on her is a citation. And not paying the bill is strictly up to the owner. That's a, a citizen's absolute, arrest. Absolutely. So the call was had nothing to do with the bill or the citation or the, 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 the little weed that she had on her. And they impound the car. Yeah. They impound the car. I'm telling you, if you go to McDonald's right now yeah. and they arrest you, they're not going to fuck with your car. Yeah. Okay? Your car will be sitting there tomorrow, right. the next day, or whenever the fuck you go back to get it. They impounded a car. Mm -hmm. Right? Let's call it what it is, man. Mm -hmm. It's racism. Blatant mm -hmm. fucking racism. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. What's different about this situation than any other situation that occurs? Right. She's black. Mm -hmm. She can't pay her bill. Your ass is going to jail. That's the typical response we get. Think about it. Trayvon Martin can't walk down the fucking street. Yeah. Right? Uh, my man in Florida can't jog. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, George Floyd can't stand on the corner. Ahmaud Arbery. Yeah, Ahmaud Arbery can't, can't jog. Right? How many people can't drive mm -hmm. and get pulled over? Castile, he can't walk. Mm -hmm. You have all these... And, um, uh, Elijah McClain. Elijah McClain. You know, the ones that were sleeping in their bed, they yeah. get shot. Mm -hmm. well, what can we, now we can't even go to a restaurant and, and survive. An $89 fucking bill. And for the people who saying, well, she, she should have had money. When they checked her bank account, she had $2,000 in there. That's so, um, and even with that, so even working in and through the law enforcement system, everything goes through chain of command. Everything goes through incident reports. Everything happens within within writing and within communication. The arresting deputy never relays the message in this incident report no. or to his commanding officer that the reason why she was arrested is because the people that worked there said she was experiencing mental health behavior, right. erratic behavior. That's not given to the people at the jail, right? What they also said was that there was no video footage of her in the cell to, to, to prove that she was acting erratically. When they actually, six months later, when the family actually do see the video footage that supposedly didn't exist, exist. They're, they're, they're showing that she's swinging from the door, that she's still experiencing erratic behavior, right. right? And even with that, they claimed that they had no, no uh, idea about the erratic behavior but emails showed that the reason why she was arrested was because of the erratic behavior not because of the 85 the, uh, the 85 dollar bill that supposedly she couldn't pay and, and her behavior was erratic enough for you to arrest her according to according to them mm -hmm. right. right because that's what they said they were arresting her for and then a few hours later 
she's showing no signs of intoxication or no signs of disturbed behavior. Mm -mm. So they released her. So she got better. I mean, so she goes from having a mental break to within a few hours to there's nothing wrong at all. And she's well enough for us to, leave, to let her go. Imagine having a, a mental breakdown and then you're locked in a cell where you never been in trouble or never been. It's going to get worse. And that's a whole different worse. conversation that's because all, right. there, there are a lot of people that are locked up for mental health reasons that have not that are not criminals. That's right. And and that's a whole different conversation that that, that should be had. But even I looked up the code because working in the jail, I know that you can have an emergency involuntary commitment for somebody you feel like is is a threat to is a threat to harm themselves or threat to harm others for mental health reasons. And in California, they have section 5150 in California Welfare and Institutions Code that says which allows a qualified officer or to involuntary confine a person deemed to have a mental disorder that makes them a danger to him or herself and or others gravely disabled. So a qualified officer, which includes a California police officer, as well as any other designated county um, person, can request a confinement after signing a written declaration. So that officer who had witness say that she have a mental health crisis, that she's going through something with erratic behavior. When you look in the cell, she's experiencing erratic behavior. Sobriety test says she's not intoxicated. Right. Somebody should have said maybe this is a mental health thing. Maybe we should uh, do... Um, and an involuntary commitment that's just right. for her safety. Just for her safety. Even could, even when the mom called, she said, "That's good that y'all got her because she's safe there." Yeah, I feel like right. she, I'm I'm fine with her being there. It seems like she's safer there because I wouldn't want her to be walking around and, her, and I find out that she got her head chopped right. off. That's right, and and that's what happened. That, exactly what happened. And that's what happened. And when you when you understand the system again, there's a lot of people that are locked up that are not criminals. They have mental health problems and. This jail or this facility should have had a mental health person there that could evaluate her before releasing her. Once again, we're talking about the establishment. Right. And we've talked about this before. When we look at the establishment. So the civil suit was against the establishment for the way that they released her. Right. That, that's what the civil suit was about. But let's let's go into the investigation about her death for a second. So the body was found partially mummified. The head departed. The skull departed from the body. Mm hmm. There obviously was signs of some type of struggle, sexual assault, and the fact that the body was located on the property of a ranch that was known for pornography production. Mm -hmm. The police, the law enforcement was well aware of this, this, this ranch. The setup. The, exactly. The setup. Now, the body was removed from the crime scene mm -hmm. Against the coroner's orders. That's against the law. It's against, That's the, against law. the law. Now, the attorney's general office investigated this and said, yes, they did, but no laws were broken. <laughs> but that alone was against the law. Yeah, you cannot move that. You cannot move remains in a body without the confirmation of the coroner, That's who specifically right. stated nobody touches or removes the body. So when we talk about the establishment and we talk about the people that's at the head of this establishment, the attorney general's office is the one who makes the decision whether that's a criminal or not. Mm -hmm. And they're saying that it's not. When the law states, clearly states it is against the law, once mm -hmm. the coroner say don't move the body. But they didn't find enough evidence to suggest charging mm -hmm. anyone in the case. 
Yeah, you know, you, you always talk about the slow to respond. So Absolutely. after the call comes in that there's a spotting of her, there takes two hours for the deputies to even go out there and check on what they even said um, ab about the spotting where the person said that she was in the backyard. But she was at the, they were at the restaurant within minutes. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And even with the coroner, even with the removal of the body, the family goes up there, you know, still at the crime scene where the mother finds evidence. She finds the, the finger bone and says, hey, this belonged to my daughter. So the coroners have to go back up there five or six months after the body has found. So now, because you didn't secure a crime scene, you didn't collect evidence good enough, you re you you rushed removing the remains and, right. and bones, you may have cost this family an actual way to get justice to be able to follow up on the evidence on what happened to this child. And that, that again, that's on the institution. I, I, absolutely. You know, so, and what, what really bothered me is the sheriff's department from... They got in front of it, tried to get in front of it very fast. And one of the things that they said was they tried to release her. They released her because the 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 jail was too full, which ain't no damn such thing. Because I ain't seen them put four or five people to a cell. Ain't no such thing as a jail being too full. They'll make room for you. Absolutely. A ain't, ain't no such thing. You know what I mean? Also, the sheriff... Sheriff from 1998 to 2014 was involved in multiple scandals during his time as sheriff, including lying to the FBI about the abuse of inmates in L.A. County jails. In February 2020, he began a three year sentence for his role in obstructing right. this particular case. Paul Tanaka, second in command at LASD, was sentenced to five years in prison for also <laughs> obstructing in a particular case. So we're not talking about. Tanaka also was uh, had ties to a white supremacy gang in right. the Linwood Vikings. So we're not talking about up upstanding people. You know what I mean? Because you got the under the uniform is an actual person who has flaws, who has prejudice, who has all those type of things. Again, the no video, even though there was video footage, the lie about that. They go in front of the news and say that they did nothing wrong, that they investigated the way that they were supposed to investigate. Before the family even pointed the finger at them, they got a, they got a hit of it and said that they released her because she was an adult. That's that right. they did all the things that, that, that was right. Before anybody ever put the blame on them. And it, that bothers me. You, you know... Y'all know Training Day is one of my favorite movies. And you know the part where Denzel tells the, the other cop, and we don't roll like that no more, don't yeah. we? So when you think about the Ku Klux Klan, you think about them wearing white sheets and hoods. They don't roll like that no more, right. dog. They wear badges and robes. That's what, that's what they wear now, and mm -hmm. suits and ties. And they're or your they banker. They're your, bus, they're your kid's school bus drivers. They're police officers. They're judges. They're lawyers. Um... They don't wear the, they, they're not wearing the hoods no more, dog. They don't roll like that no more. Yeah. So now they're sheriffs. They're the detectives that's investigating crimes against your child. These, these are the, these are the clan members now. These yeah. are the people that represent white supremacy. These are the ones that's going to abuse every right that you're supposed to have ordained by the Constitution. Mm -hmm. That's, those, that's what these people are. And again, the, the, one of the problems is, is the way that law enforcement treated the family. 
you know, uh, there's a quote from The Wire when they said that, you know, I felt like I was just an, uh, just an interruption to their lunch break. That's right. And, and that's the way the family kind of felt because whenever they would call, they would they would smack their teeth, smack their lips as if, you know, y'all barking up the wrong tree. We don't know where this girl is. That's not our fault. We ain't got nothing to do with mm -hmm. it, you know. And that's the type, like, even when she called about filing a missing report, <laughs> the deputy told her, I recommend you not filing one just yet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I recommend you just wait. She might be asleep out there in the lobby. Let us go check. Let us go look some things out and then call us back. Like, it's just, there's no sense of urgency. None. Even when they tell you that there, there's a mental health problem, even if they tell you that this woman is miles away from home, that she don't know nothing about this area, that... You have no type of sense of urgency. And again, we're talking about L.A. County. That's right. This place, Malibu, these, this location probably has the biggest budget when it comes to law enforcement. That's right. We're talking about millions and millions of dollars that they have at their discretion to use for missing persons. Millions of dollars of, uh, of money that they can use to try to find out what's going on to investigate right. properly. Not, not the coroner's office and they have so much money to, <laughs> to for your black yeah. ass. <laughs> <laughs> they have all of this money you know what i mean Th that they did not use for this particular case i got a question for the audience let's flip it upside down if this was a white girl in compton and got arrested you think they would have released her mm -mm. hell no not no compton you think they would have no. let her just walk out of the jail. No. They'd have gave her a ride. They would have gave her a bus ticket or something. Or something. They would have. They would have did something. Absolutely. If, if this was a white girl killed in Compton, you, you think they would have just let it blow yeah. over like that? No. You, you know, I'm, I'll tell you a true story. Uh, I know two guys. I won't mention their names. Got arrested in in Brooklyn, New York, one time, and I remember the cops telling them that. We're going to take you to Bensonhurst and drop you guys off. Mm -hmm. And for those that don't know anything about Brooklyn, Bensonhurst is a, is a part of Brooklyn that black people aren't welcome. And uh, so that was the cops' way of saying, we ain't got to do nothing to you. We yeah. just drop you off somewhere and let them do it to you. You know, this is this has been a practice of, of police departments for many, many years. Mm -hmm. um, if you look in Alabama and Mississippi and, and Georgia, they would do that all the time. They would arrest a black person and let them out in a predominantly white neighborhood, you know, and then, of course, let them have at it. Right? That's on Minister Society yeah. when they yeah. arrested uh, Kano. He said the cops beat our ass and then dropped mm -hmm. us off uh, in a whole nother hood. But luckily, the essays was cool. That's yeah. right. So in Malibu, you ain't got to take them nowhere. You just open the front door. Yeah. Right. You just open the front door. It's 92 percent white. Go ahead. Have at it. Hope mm -hmm. you get home safe. Well, and the other thing that puzzled. Well, I ain't, nah, ain't going to say puzzle me, but uh, is the. Two detectives was airlifted down to the body, but the coroner's wasn't. Yeah. And they was down there with over more than six hours with the body. What was they and doing? They, and they said they, the cor they, they couldn't send the helicopter back to get the coroner's because the helicopter was uh, being used to find missing hikers. <laughs> White missing hikers. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with more of this bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. And we're back. Uh, we're going to jump right back in. Um, and, and here's a here's another thing that a lot of people don't know when it comes to to law enforcement is, um, in 2019, um, the the sheriff's department or where um in, in that county, you know, changed their procedure since Richardson's disappearance, which occurred 
um, under Lee Barker. The department doesn't wait now to take missing person reports for adults. And it makes sure that people have their cell phones or personal property returned to them before they are released. Oh, what they should have been doing anyway. And and at the time, uh, now she would be evaluated by a mental health team before she was released. And anybody that knows anything about law enforcement, the only reason for a change in policy or something added to the policy is because somebody fucked up. They, yeah, we, you, you, you call it the street light. Yeah, right. You call it the street light. You know why there are street lights at a lot of intersections? Mm-hmm. So somebody got killed. Yeah, and that's that's the truth. That's why they usually put it there is because somebody lost their life there, and unfortunately, it's usually somebody white that lost their life there. But in this case, in most cases now, it's because people like us are putting pressure on people to do something when there's an injustice, mm-hmm. right? And let, let's just talk about that just for a quick second before we go to the next to the next case. Um, when examining some of these things, man, black females go missing at a high rate mm-hmm. um, or murdered. And then we're slow to respond in, in law enforcement, media coverage. But here's the thing. Part of it, part of the problem is the black community's unwillingness to help. And what I mean by that, we're unwilling to talk to law enforcement and media. Right. But it's not because we don't care. We don't trust them. We don't trust them. There's, I don't know if you guys ever watch Empire, but there was an episode on Empire where Cookie, her sister, had a son who had some mental health issues, and he went crazy. And Cookie called the cops. And the sister was mad at her because could have got her son killed. Mm-hmm. And Cookie's response was, yeah, that's true. When we're when we have issues, who do we call? Yeah. Who do we call? We don't trust law enforcement. We don't trust the media. So we actually contribute to the fact that missing black people go Mm -hmm. missing for a long period of time and their murders go unsolved longer because our unwillingness to participate in the investigations because we don't trust law enforcement. Mm -hmm. We don't trust the media. So until we build that trust somehow, this is going to continue to happen. But that's that's this case is a reason why we don't trust them. Because, like, again, we feel like we're just an interruption to your lunch break. That's right. You keep telling us to just wait to make a mission report. You keep telling us, well, she's probably with friends. Especially when it comes to a black female being missing. They even say she probably ran away mm-hmm. or she probably just don't want to be in contact with you. Absolutely. And, and that's the main thing. But if it was the other way around, it's not deemed as that. So we're looked at a certain way when it comes to missing persons. We looked at a certain way of being over for the people who just watched the Jeffrey Dahmer thing. You know, the black lady kept calling the police, but they did not care what she had to say about what was going on because there's just a there's just a communications issue there that they do not take a lot of what we say seriously or with a sense of urgency like you would have That's actually a great example because you had this black lady who was calling saying something's going on but when they talked to him who's white yeah he would downplay all that information and they accept it without even investigation. Yeah. They accepted what he said. Mm-hmm. There was one instance where the kid had gotten away from Dama <laughs> and told the police what was going on. The Dama said, hey, we're in a relationship. That's my boyfriend. It, it, it's, he's, he's distraught. The, I'm going to take him back home and, and everything's going to be okay. What he should have said is I'm going to take him back home. I'm going to kill his ass and yeah. I'm going to eat him and everything's yeah. going to be good yeah. because that's what he did. Mm-hmm. The police was more willing to accept the narrative from him 
not because it was believable, but because he was white. Mm -hmm. And the area that he was doing this in. Right. Absolutely. He lived in a predominantly black neighborhood. And then most people can talk again about the, the civil the civil suit that they won, civil charges. Again, when it comes to the difference between criminal and civil cases, the reason why a lot of people win civil cases is because there's a Lord burden of proof. That's right? right. And then also, a lot of people settle out of court or they settle civilly because, in my opinion, it's hush money. You got your money. Now, let's not talk about talk this about anymore. anymore. But we're not doing that. Actually, some of the stipulations in, in, in the settlement is that you can't discuss it. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, again, they're still we're still trying to get justice for Matrice Richardson. And we still don't know who the deputy was that walked her out of the door. We don't. Still don't know who that is. Uh, the next case we're going to talk about is it gets it gets even crazier yep. uh, with Lavina Johnson. Um, Lavina Johnson was a U.S. Army private, uh, was found shot to death in a burning tent back in July 2005 um, at a military base in Iraq. The U.S. Army investigated the case and ruled her death as a suicide by gunfire from an M16. Now, most of you are thinking the military, they know they do investigations. Those, that's the most powerful entity in America. Yes. But let's get to the bullshit. That's what this episode should be called. Let's get to, get the, bullshit, to the bullshit. But I know that hey, YouTube might take that down. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what they claimed is that Private Johnson was upset because her boyfriend of two months broke up with her via email. Hold on. Trigger, trigger warning for anybody. Because um, they said she committed suicide. So trigger warning for anybody that's watching this or listening to this. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the investigations, the investigators alleged that Private Johnson printed out the email, stuffed it in her pocket, grabbed somebody else's M16 service weapon, um, went to the store, got some M&Ms and a six pack of soda. soda with a unnamed male friend. Somewhere along the day, her and the male friend went their different ways. She goes to a tent owned by a another military contractor. Um, once she's in the tent, she takes an aerosol can, um, burn the emails, takes the M16, puts it in the mouth, pulls the trigger, kills herself. Again, to some of you, that's cut and dry. But let's let's look at the, the let's details. Let's get to the bullshit. Let's get and, to the and while they talking, I want y'all to Google M16 if you don't know what it looks like. Private Johnson is a 5'1 female. 5'1", five, one, five, one, that's her height. A M16 is 40 inches long. They claim she put this in her mouth and pulled the trigger. Do, do, which do is the test. do the test. Okay. Physically test. impossible, right? But but let's look at why it's physically impossible. Let's look at some other things, right? Here's a problem with the evidence. Here's something that the military did not report in their investigation, nor did the autopsy in their um, in report had this. They had to come to a second autopsy done by the family to reveal this evidence. She had a broken nose, black eyes, broken teeth, scratch marks on her neck, acid burns on her private parts. B broken nose that was repaired post-mortem. Post right. Bruises and scratches on the upper part of her torso, even teeth marks on her body. It also said that she had had a, a broken neck 
that her shoulder was popped out of place. And it's believed that the acid burns was put into her private parts to hide evidence of sexual assault. Yeah. Don't forget that that part's important. Absolutely. The acid burns, because that's a part that a lot of people skip over. We can't forget that part. None of the, again, none of these injuries are mentioned in the military's autopsy or investigative report. There was also a trail of blood outside of the tent that led inside of the tent where the body was found. That's right. The back of her clothes had dirt and debris on it, indicated that she had been dragged some kind of distance. Um, again, she had burn marks on her body, yet she was fully clothed, and the clothing didn't have any burn marks. They claimed that she shot herself with an M16, so the only way she can physically do this for at, at the height that she's at, she has to use her feet. She had shoes, shoes on. <laughs> Uh, not to mention that there was her fingerprints was nowhere on the weapon. The re first responders' fingerprints aren't on the weapon, who, even who though admitted admitted he admitted he moved it. the gun. <laughs> so they wiped the gun clean after the first responders that got there. But also, there was no gun Gunch, residue no on her residue. hands. Mm -hmm. No gun residue on her hands. Nope. Sorry. Oh, there's no fingerprints on the aerosol can nope. or the matches. Her fingerprints are not on there. Nope. So how did she... Exactly. The, the second autopsy done by the family said that the entry wound looked like it was on the left side of the head from, from a nine, nine millimeter. millimeter. But they, they said it was an exit wound, wound from an M16. And she was right handed. so Exactly. And they said more likely the bullet was lodged in her tongue from the bullet going through this way, not the bullet going through this way. But they never recovered the bullet. Nope. And my, my thing is this, because anybody that knows me for the listeners, they know I struggle with mental health and I struggle with with suicide. Right. There was no evidence of her being suicidal mm -mm. because here's one. She's a family oriented person for the people. That's just a little backstory. She was extremely smart. She was also extremely dedicated. Her daddy didn't even want her going into the military because he knew how how strong leveled of a woman she was. And she he knew that that would intimidate other male military men and understood the sexism that was in the military That's right. so in order to go to college because she had a sibling also was going to college she said instead of y'all paying for both of us to go to college how about i go into the military and i'll pay my own way not to also not to also mention she talked to her father two on, days two, two days, days before well the day she went missing that's, right. that's the day that's the last time anybody had talked to her was that day that she talked to her father when she was talking about how happy she was that new she got job. to come home for christmas because and she said don't decorate without me she had a new job that she had to go to class for the next day that's to learn about she also was talking about how in the next year she was going to be able to move back to the states that's right. and then in the following year after that she had to go back to iraq and then after that she would be finally done to where she'd be able to go to college to do what it is that she wanted to do the friends said that yeah she was upset about the breakup but not talking about no suicide stuff two months they only been they, they, two they, for months. two months you know what i mean and let me let me uh pat tillman a couple years before this um was killed that they said was killed in a line of fire which we later figured out that was bullshit friendly fire it was friendly fire um and for the ones that saying that she could have possibly trigger warning that she could have possibly committed suicide after being raped possible but unlikely right having survived rape and knowing several others who uh you know that don't come until later you know first you deal with 
you know, how can I live with this? That's was right. the skirt that I had on, was it too short? You know, you start blaming yourself before you start getting to those That's other right. things. It, and speaking of Pat Tillman, it was his lawyer's work um, that allowed more evidence to be released by the Army, even though most of it was bullshit, um, through the Freedom of Information Act. Uh, so his attorney, his work, Pat Tillman's attorney's work allowed more information to be released. But let, let's let's just talk about, you know, Bake does the chronological, the, the, the chronology. <laughs> I always like to do statistics. Let's, let's do statistics, right? Approximately 30,000 people commit suicide by firearm every year in America. Approximately 3,500 are committed by females. Not quite 12%. Very unusual for women to commit suicide using a firearm. Even more unusual method of suicide than using a rifle. Women are less likely to choose a suicide method that disfigures the face, mm -hmm. which means women are less likely to shoot themselves in the mouth or the face. Also, there was no, as we said, there's no gunshot residue on her hands. She was five foot one. Would have been almost impossible for her to stick the barrel in the mouth. So a M16 rifle is about 40 inches long, mm, yes. right? Mm -hmm. So virtually impossible. And, you know, as Baker, as uh, Shaquan said, no trigger warning for those that may have mental, wish, uh, mental health issues. But she could have used her truck, <clears throat> but her shoes were on. So we know that's not likely. There was no mention of a string because that's another method that people sometimes use is a string to pull the trigger um, when they're using a rifle to, to commit suicide. <clears throat> No fingerprints on the matches, no fingerprints on the aerosol mm -hmm. uh, used to ignite. Um, bloody footprints and blood outside the tent that was never identified. Mm -hmm. um, the acid on the vagina is, is still puzzling to me. It's because for me, <laughs> That's just, let's just put this in proper perspective, okay? I'm going to pour acid on my private parts before I kill myself. That's tor that's torturing yourself. Well, why, why would I do that? Yeah. So in my death, I want to protect my rapist. Is, yeah. that, is that what I'm thinking? Right. You know, so when you when you look at this, and we're not, we're not, well, he has investigative training. We don't, we're not investigators. We're not detectives. I'm not law enforcement. But I do have common sense. Yeah, right? of course. This doesn't make sense. It does not make this sense. This doesn't pass the test of common sense. Mm. Uh, obviously, they was trying to get rid of, of rape evidence. Right. And, 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 and there's... Go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. Because if you look at the three of her body parts that were missing, those hold DNA. I, so, I, I, absolutely. And the fact that this is the other part that for the Army is just... This is just a fumble. Is that the M16 that was found in the tent was not issued to her. No. It was issued to someone else who they never reveal who the someone yeah, else is. Yeah. Because obviously we know that what happened is the two guns got, got mixed up. Right. You know, in the heat of the moment, this happened, I got the wrong fucking gun. Mm -hmm. Right? But they never identified who that weapon should have been issued to. Right. Which obviously is a cover-up. I mean, we can talk about this any kind of way you want to. Once again, when we talk about the establishment, we're talking about government. The most military is the most powerful. Absolutely. When so when you talk about an establishment and you're talking about the military, is the biggest because they have their own legal system. Yeah. So that tells you that it doesn't get any much bigger than this. This, and, is, and, this and, is it. And again, a few things that bother me 
a lot about this is again she's family oriented i can't express that enough when it comes to mental health because anybody knows especially you because before i was going to attempt what i do i contacted you that's right you knew something was wrong because when you're family oriented there's no suicide note that's right. There's no indication that, hey, I'm just calling to tell you that I love you to our family. When you're family oriented that way, I have a hard time believing you commit suicide without explaining some type of love to your family or giving some that's type right. of indication to your family that that's what you're going to do. Second thing is it's military, but you fight the father to give him information on the evidence that you have why do he have to go through all of this legal stuff why do we have to call a senator just so you can release the information that you have on a suicide that's right if it's a suicide give me the information show me how it's a suicide why do i have to fight you to get the legal information that you did in the autopsy why do i have to fight you to get the crime scene photos on a cd-rom that you said hey well we we're not a liberty to give you this because of privacy yeah, you know, the army itself contradicted themselves. I mean, you. <laughs> she was being she was buried with with military honors, and was promoted after her death to private first class and awarded good conduct and, and accommodation medals. Mm-hmm. This is at the end. This is after her death. Yet the army told her told them that she didn't value her life. To the point that she committed suicide. Because that's what you're saying. If a person is committing suicide, they didn't value life. So that's what you're saying. So you did all of this for a person that you claim didn't value life. Really? I, I don't believe it. I, I, and neither I don't did believe the army. It. Right. And neither did the family know. Um, and, you know, she talked about, you know, to letters to her family. She talked about how soldiers looked down on her for being a female. You know, that was another incident when she was working at a communication center. Where she was trying to close for the night and asked the group of male soldiers to leave they laughed at it ignored her so she went and got in a male authority to do it and he did it they got up and, and left right. she was reprimanded for for saying she wasn't asserting herself like it was her fault that she was being ignored and if you look at the comments on youtube on um news articles on this case there are military women that tell you that they've experienced sexual assault or just belittling for being women in the military. That's right. So this is not something that that is not unknown. You know what I mean? You know there there were talks about how she was she had an STD she had to get treated for it, and she told the doctor that she was sexually assaulted. The military never did a follow up investigation on that. And only eight weeks on the job, and she hadn't been assigned a, a battle buddy. Which is standard mm-hmm. NFL. Oh, my bad. I got the institution wrong. <laughs> military <laughs> procedure for soldiers so they can keep up with one another for safety purposes. Right. That's right. And one in three women who join the U.S. military will be sexually assaulted or raped by men in the military. One in three. People don't understand how that's a high percentage. That's right. In retired Army Colonel Ann Wright, a former U.S. diplomat, she talked about Wright accused the military of withholding evidence pointing to sexual assaults and other attacks on female service members. She contends that the military has been too quick to close the cases of some women's death as suicides without conducting thorough homicide investigations. She accuses the military of stonewalling families who question its findings. This is a retired colonel who says this. Yeah, yeah, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to point out something else too as we're talking about this because we usually talk about um, racial discrimination, but many times we also talk about gender 
discrimination. Mm-hmm. And this is these are examples of both. And we point these out. We're, 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 we're in, in my opinion, we're showcasing these not to show that women are weak or inferior. With that, that's not our purpose here. And we're in no means are we saying that. No. What we're saying is, is that the, 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 the rate of discrimination against these two are disproportional compared to any other. Right. So gender bias and racial bias are are the two of the largest forms of discrimination that ever exists. Mm-hmm. And when you put both of those together, you see it happens at an alarming rate against black females. Yeah. So our point in, 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 in showcasing this is, once again, to show you how this continues. But not just that, but to show you how the counterparts get the, the, the uh, 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 attention of white America and law enforcement and the media at an equally high rate mm-hmm. as it is disproportional to blacks. Absolutely. And we need to figure out a way how to fix that. Mm-hmm. And the only way we know how is doing what we're doing right now is bring it to people's attention and talk about it. We have to have real discussions about what's going on in America in America today, mm-hmm. because we're talking about cases that are 10 years or older, but it's still happening today. Right. Still happening right now, even in your local vicinity. It's happening right now. That's, I, I can't imagine how it had to be for her father who has to investigate your own daughter's murder. And the, the first time you get her, her the, the white gloves is already glued mm-hmm. to her hands. And you got to fight the military to get all the evidence because they send you pictures in black and white. You need them to be in color so you can examine the evidence. Um, and with both of these cases, we see that, as Jay-Z said, uh, hello, Miss America, wave for me, baby. Red and blue flag, wave for me, baby. Underneath that flag, you got the military and you got police officers who are to protect this country and the people in it. And they're not doing that. They're mm-hmm. doing it for their own. But they're not doing it for the black people. Again, you're talking about people with authority. We're talking about systems with power and authority. And then people within that system that abuse that power Mm -hmm. and authority. And even if you look at, yes, these cases are uh, a little older. But even if you go back and look at the Emmett Till case, us continuously talking about the Emmett Till case continually get that investigation open so maybe Carolyn Bryant can get charged with something, which may not happen, but it's our due diligence to continue to talk about it. Because even if you look at that case, what did the sheriffs want to do in that case? Go ahead and bury him. Don't open up no casket. We don't want to talk about it no more. The evidence exposed. And that's exactly what happened in the military case. You know, go ahead, put the the gloves on. We recommend you keep it a closed casket. We recommend you not to do another autopsy. Do not That's exhume right. the body. Because they didn't want to know about the broken nose, the black eye, the loose teeth, mm-hmm. the burns from the the the, 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 the chemical on the genitals. The, the, they didn't want you to know about those things. They Why? just wanted you to take the M16 gunshot to the mouth suicide it. and believe it. That's right. Didn't want you to know. A great comparison to the Emmett Till's because that's exactly what happened with Emmett Till. Is they did not want people to know what really happened. Mm-hmm. You know, they want you to believe their narrative because we said so. This is what happened. The establishment, 
They, the establishment is supposed to create the narrative and you're supposed to accept it. Right. And that, and you see all the time people say, well, just do what police tell you to do. Uh, if the military tell us to do this, then we have to do that. It's it's a, it's a power. So you think they don't know that they have that power to, to say and do things, to say that the society must accept whatever you say because you got on a badge, you got on a uniform? Mm -hmm. Like they understand this. And again, I, I hate to say this because I hate bringing up fiction and nonfiction. But when you watch these movies like Homeland, when you watch these, I mean, these shoes, these shows like Homeland and um, Chicago PD and all of these things that show military and law enforcement, you say, dang, that's good entertainment. Let me tell you something. They don't get these stories from out of osmosis. Absolutely. When you see somebody, when you see people come in to clean up the military's mess, these, these, uh million dollar lawyers these contractors these business establishments that talk about it then they all of a sudden stop talking about it these stories have legitimacy to it that's right they don't bring they don't get these storylines out of osmosis there are people out here who do these type of things there are people who come up and clean these situations up and they clean this situation up way too good because they shouldn't have wiped off the m16 in okay. my opinion because that's exactly what the hell they did right. if you was going to get you should have used a handgun this girl was 5-1 ain't no way she pulling the trigger on the m16 absolutely i i, I know at some point when the time is right we'll talk about some things that are a little more personal when it comes to these type of situations but I, i'll be i will tell you this that law enforcement are good at telling you what they want you to know mm -hmm. And that it is your job to ask the right question to get information that you want. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, and, and the problem with us is, is one, the fear of asking the question, because mm -hmm. we, we're we taught to accept information coming from the establishment, mm -hmm. right? That's, in, that's in, embedded in us. But two, we don't always know the right questions to ask. Right. We're assuming that you're going to be forthcoming, open and honest with the information regarding whatever the situation is. Mm -hmm. It's not the case. You almost got to be a fucking detective to know what questions to ask. And, to and you know, information. that's what it's uh, that's what's important about this case is her father was in the military. Her uncle was in the military and her uncle graduated with like um, like forensic type of in, in investigation. Right. So off the bat, they knew something was off. That's right. They knew something. They knew what questions to ask. When he asked for the CD-ROM with the, the, the crime scene photos on it, they told him you couldn't have it. He said, underneath this act, I can have it. That's I'm, right. I'm entitled to it. But what about the average person that don't the, know The anything? average person that don't know anything. You yeah. ain't get nothing. Yeah. All you get is the narrative from them. And as you said... Now you interrupted my lunch break. Yeah. There's, uh, like in Matrice's case, uh, the mother asked because she see the camera of her daughter being released and the guy that was following her out and they told her we, the cameras are just yeah. for inside, yeah. not outside. <laughs> and then when she come back with the lawyer and she said, hey, I asked y'all for it. And the, <laughs> the captain said, you did, but you asked for it inside, not outside. <laughs> you got to ask the right question. Yeah. It's, it's bullshit. Yeah. And it's bullshit on top of bullshit. Yeah. And we are the ones that are affected disproportionately. Absolutely. So we, we advise you to share this information, to look up this information. Yes. Don't just take our word for That's it. Right. Go look at it. Look at it. Go look at what an M16 looks like. Go look at the the map of the 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 steps that Matrice Richardson took that night. 
Go look at all that stuff and you come up with your own conclusions. We love y'all. Peace.